0: Hey,
1: welcome back to Pigeonhole Hockey. This is Chris, and today is co-host Sebastian. Hello, hello. And you know us. We're just a goal and a goon that have taken one too many pucks or fists to the head and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. So be sure to follow us on Twitter to let us know what you think, and also be sure to comment and share any hockey games, news, or videos we should cover in an upcoming podcast. So, Sebastian, start off today's podcast. I think the hockey world is dying to know the most recent release of a Justin Bieber song in collaboration with the Toronto Maple Leafs. How about that? What's the name of this song?
0: Hold On or Hold Me. Hold,
1: or... hold On Maple Leafs Love Letter. <laughs> Aw, that's that's sweet.
0: But, but think about it, though. This is actually smart by the Toronto Maple Leafs. And not like people are like, oh, yeah, because Bieber has so many fans. No, no, no. This is smart by the Toronto Leafs because, listen, the St. Louis Blues – had the i mean i love it now but at the time an awful song is their their song to go it was awesome it was awesome but like you know if the first time you heard it you're like yeah but when you attach it to the hockey and all that i'm like yeah it's fire it's fired up but like would you really want to be like yeah this is the song i love the most probably Have not Have you heard
1: this song though
0: I I heard the song. I'm not saying what I'm saying. I'm just saying this could be like – the Leafs are like, hey, you know what? We need an awful song that we can attach to ourselves to push us (laughs) in the playoffs like the Blues did. So they're just trying to – they're trying to We Went Blues but with Beaver.
1: I hope so because I'm telling you what. All the tweets about this song and I – hey, maybe in real life the Beavs is actually friends with Matthews and Marner. Maybe. Yeah, but, he actually is.
0: They actually so if you like follow a couple of the Leafs on social media, that he actually like hangs out with them quite a bit. Um, so he actually is friends with them, but it's still, it's still weird. It's like, it's uh, I'm, hey, like hey guys, uh, hey Chris, you're my friend. I'm gonna write you a song, and we can make a weird well, video together. When are you gonna
1: together. write me that damn song, man?
0: Ah, oh, don't worry. We'll have to just make a weird love video as well th- to go with it. So we'll have to wait till the till the border opens up so we can shoot a video.
1: Hey, if if Pigeons in the Park isn't released by May first, I'll be upset. <laughs>
0: The official soundtrack dropping me first
1: <laughs> pigeons in the park uh, yeah so uh moving on to uh other news coming out of danville illinois seems like the sphl is officially moving in to danville illinois which is awesome for the sphl but the fhl's there the danville dashers what does this mean
0: yeah i was reading the story and it's so weird how they were like hey we're trying to come to agreement with the arena and then the arena was just like no get out Like, that was just, I've never, I'm sure it's happened before, but I I just, I've never really come across any stories like this. I found this so strange.
1: Yeah, apparently, uh, I was reading the Facebook, because when I saw the story pop on Twitter, Danville really doesn't update their Twitter. But I went to their website, and I saw they made a post on Facebook, so I went to the post on Facebook to see what people were commenting on. And apparently, this has happened before. Maybe it looks like in Bloomington, Indiana, uh, maybe in other places, but they're say it never really works out for the team that they that kicks out the team that's the incumbent. I would say this is weird. I can't see why it would be the worst thing to have both teams in the arena and have that much more hockey. You yeah, know, I agree. If they can work around each other's schedules,
0: yeah, I agree, and that's the thing, right? The schedule comes in schedules, but let's just say the USPHL is bringing in fifty percent more fans. Obviously they would get. The better ice time, but you know you still got to work with the other team. Like I, I, I could see maybe you know, like you said, like two teams go in there. Whatever the lesser league is, whoever's bringing in less money to the arena would kind of get the secondary ice time. But at the same time, you don't have to completely just say, "Hey, get out of here, see you later." I'm sure there's enough room in in rooms to ha- to host two teams.
1: Yeah, I just I just thought the whole story was odd because the Danville uh, team posted that. They were still trying to work out details, but they they were basically told they were being moved aside for the the SPHL team. Uh, I think it's the Bobcats, I think. Uh, But uh, no, that's that's weird. Uh, I mean, congratulations to the SPHL for continuing to expand.
0: Hostile takeover.
1: Yeah, but it's definitely a hostile takeover there against the (laughs) FHL. So, I mean, I'm a big fan of the Danville Dasher's jersey, so I'm a little bit upset. And it's not like it's a jersey you can easily get. Trust me, I've tried. Um, But it is what it is. That is happening currently in Danville. We'll keep you up to date if anything new drops. On a more positive note, the Isabel Cup will be raised.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, to me, and I'm I'm sure – if I were to dig in Twitter and kind of followed a little bit tighter, I would have seen this coming. But this came out of left field for me. Like, I I was literally, I can still remember, I was standing in the kitchen, Haley, uh, my fiancé, said, hey, like, the, the Isabel Cup's coming back. And I was just like, it just kind of took me off guard. I was like, what? And she's like, the Isabel Cup. I was like, oh, okay. And it just kind of threw me out, like, I, I, I mean, I'm happy for them. Like, this is great. Going to get going again. I just hope that they're going to take safety a little bit more seriously this time.
1: I hope so. And I hope they provide a little bit more venue appreciation for the athletes there and, and get them there and feed them and protect them during a global pandemic as they really didn't do the first time around i know that there, again there's financial restraints on that but you guys can figure something out i mean click on sponsor a player or something people would, like drop doordash to these individuals or something <laughs> like just, let's just keep them safe and let's actually get the cup raised so you know, and, and i'm, to I'm me, excited
0: to me, I'm thinking, and I see his way too, and I hope this is, isn't the reason. I mean, no matter what, it's good for Wim Taki to have this on TV. I'm excited to actually watch it, you know, and them to get that coverage. But to me, it almost seems like with the um, was the NWPHL, or the NW. PA no,
1: it's the that, PW, yeah,
0: it's the PWHPA. Yeah, PWHPA having their, their dream tour, which I was watching. And obviously, seen you know, you got like girls like Hillary Knight and, you know, all really all the top American girls and a lot of the top Canadian girls playing in it. And I, I mean, it's been successful. I mean, they play that Madison Square Garden. Um, and I'm just hoping this isn't them trying to rush back into it and be like, well, they're kind of being relevant. We need to be relevant. And I hope that, you know, they've actually stepped back look what went wrong, try to fix what went wrong, and I get there's only, what, was four or five games, four to six games left uh, to be played. Um, That being said, like, I hope that you're not just rushing into things and this is actually, like, we have a solid plan in place to keep these girls protected.
1: Yeah, because we want to see them... Play hockey, race a cup, but ultimately still be safe during a global pandemic and not bring anything back with them to their families and their friends. So, regardless, we're definitely excited to see that happen. The other big thing happening in the hockey world right now is the KHL playoffs started last Monday, uh, actually last Tuesday, March 2nd. I've been watching the highlights because obviously the I you know really don't have access to the games, but the KHL does a pretty good job of uh, some English coverage there. But they haven't done their in-depth download for probably almost a week now. Still get 60-second clips and such, but let's let's briefly touch on the KHL playoffs. So when the playoffs began, we were looking at the teams facing off in the West. We had uh, basically the Red Army versus Spartak, both Mar- Moscow teams, one versus eight. Two versus seven, you had SKA versus Dynamo Minsk. The next series down, you had three versus six, which is Dynamo Moscow versus Severstol. At number four versus five was the Yaroslav Locomotive versus Finland's team, the Jokerit. In the east, you had the Akbars versus the Torpedo at one to eight. At two to seven, you had Avangard and the Automobilist. At the third through six, you had metallurg and the Kazakh team, the bars. And at fourth and fifth, you had uh, Salavat and the Tractor. So... They've been pretty good games. There haven't been any massive blowouts, a bunch of shutouts. The goalies have really been performing in these series. And just kind of looking right into March 2nd, there's a couple of shutouts to start today.
0: Yeah, and, uh, and before we really get into that, I mean, it, it was funny. You know, when we were walk- talking about the teams that were in there, I think the uh, inner B was really excited to uh, see the tractar uh try to try to you know (laughs) plow through the competition but yeah no you're right um you know like you said they have those 67 60 second clips uh to me personally um i get russia likes to go fast and get things done but slow that down i had to keep pausing it to be like all right we still on game one or are we on game five now but no i mean the the six second clips you can see that uh you know even though there was some shutouts i mean the, the the pace of the khl is phenomenal um, which are, yeah. we already do that. But I mean, it's just kind of like just really watching again. I'm like, wow, like these like they're just, you know, you watch the coaches like jumping around when after they score, they're all huddling together on the bench. Uh, I've, I've, I got fired up just watching 60 seconds of hockey.
1: Yeah, it's, it's really awesome hockey, and I really like when they have their English updates, which they did one on the second, the third, and the fourth for the playoffs, and that's the last one that I saw drop was for the fourth. It goes a little bit more in depth, and that's what I liked about it. And the second had great games. The third really kind of stood out to me, the second day of hockey, playoff hockey there in the KHL. You know, there was a there's a questionable goal in the Yuliev tractor game, and then the torpedo allowed 52 shots on net. Tikomarov stopping 50 of those, but that still was enough, as I think they lost that game 2-1. to one. You know, and then Yaroslav's Pascal got to shut out that game against the Joker, or that uh, series against the Joker. It, the Red Army escaped with a 1 nothing victor over the Spartak, because, man, I tell you what. The Spartak should have been able to take that game. And then, yeah, even Johansson getting away with a 20-save shutout. So, I like when they have the more detailed coverage. I can watch it a little bit more in Russian as well, but again, I'm still advancing my Russian skills, so I only pick up so much. These are They have pretty good coverage of it. I will say, in the third day of hockey, there was a super weird... I've never seen anything like this, ever. I don't know if anybody in the hockey world ever saw, but if you ever get a chance, go back to the third day of hockey on March 4th. It was a weird game with Avon Guard and the automobilist and right after an awkward injury to the avant uh player kastin while he's being escorted while he's basically being carried off the ice by two other players the linesman collapses
0: that was uh interesting for sure i mean it's you every kind of got you know everyone kind of gets the, the air sucked out of them after you see an injury with someone having to be carrying off the ice and then just to watch a linesman go down like that i mean that was a very weird scenario and i i couldn't imagine how you know, the players and the coaches felt, you know, trying to restart that game.
1: Yeah, because the bench was pointing at the second the referee dropped or the linesman dropped. The the coach on the bench pointed. The player started pointing. <laughs> the arena went into a small panic. So, you know, best wishes to him. Hope he fully recovered. I haven't seen any updates beyond that. But truthfully, I mean, the the, the playoffs kept going on. A lot of series looked like they were going to be swept. And truthfully, we're mm-hmm. only week in and there should be more series happening than they are right now we have what the the playoffs started eight days ago and there's two series remaining there's been a lot of 4 0 and 4 1 things so basically the red army took out Spartak in a sweep the akbars took out torpedo in a sweep the locomotive took out your Jokerit in a sweep and then really the the four to one series ska took out minks four to one dynamo moscow took out Severstal four to one and Avantgarde took out the Ophthalmobilist four to one. So all you've got left, man, is Metalurg and the Kazakh team, the bars, this closest series by far at three to two. And then Salavat and the Tractor at three to one.
0: Yeah, and like like we said before we start recording, it honestly feels like they're going two or three games a day. How fast this playoff is just like just running through right now.
1: Yeah, it's insane. Now I'm looking at all these games. I'm very happy the locomotive advanced. I like the fact that Avangard advanced. I'm disappointed. Torpedo fell. I'm disappointed. The Spartak fell. I'm disappointed. Minsk fell. I really had no stake in Dynamo versus Severstall at all. And really, when it comes to the remaining series, I'm definitely rooting for the the bars over Metalurg and uh, hoping the Tractor can take out Salavat, But uh, both those teams are down right now, so... You know, we'll see what happens moving into the second round. But so far, really, really exciting playoff hockey coming out of the Continental Hockey League.
0: Yeah, it's like I said, it seems to like when we're watching, it's fast paced. Everyone's excited. And I guess their games and their playoffs are just fast paced. So if you want to catch KHL hockey, you better do it now.
1: Yeah, catch it now. And also, if you can't catch it, just check out the highlights. Uh, I think the KHL has a pretty good YouTube presence. So give them a look. They're fun to watch. Uh, Now we're actually going to start talking a little bit about the USPHL as the USPHL Mountain Division playoffs. And I think we're not alone. I think a couple other divisions may have started their playoffs today or maybe at least one other division. I think two other divisions. I'm not 100% sure. But the Mountain Division started the playoffs today with Ogden facing Pueblo in Northern Colorado and Utah facing NOCO in Northern Colorado. So we're going to jump into those games. So everyone knows before we actually jump into those games, what's going to happen out of the Mountain Division, if you didn't hear the last podcast is Provo did not make it through the mountain division. So they've been eliminated. One of these four teams is going to represent the mountain division in the national championships in Chesapeake, Virginia next weekend. So the mountain division only gets one one seed out of all of this. So the winning team that wins on Sunday after this round-robin event over Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday will be able to actually advance on to Virginia next week. So high stakes.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, as a player, I think you, you're, you're seeing that. You know, there's one seed for you. Um, and like Nick said in the, in the last podcast, uh, you know, I, I don't think that uh, the league expected this this division to be so strong this year. You know, maybe they would have got a second seed. But uh life is life and you've got one seed and I think these guys really everyone really needs to buy in you've got one weekend to make your point
1: you're absolutely doing these not one of these teams I'm honestly not even Provo who was eliminated not one of these teams is weak so you've got to show up every game and if you don't you're gonna lose uh exactly what Nick said so we're going to actually move into the first game of the series, and this is going to be Ogden versus Pueblo that was played today, March 10th at 9 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. So in net for Ogden was Troja, the 21-year-old Croatian-Austrian, and in net for Pueblo was Doug Wakeland, the 20-year-old Colorado Springs-Colorado native. So a few minutes into the game, a pass by Ogden gets intercepted, and Alexander Denis, the 19-year-old out of Calgary, Alberta, breaks in and goes high on Troja, one nothing, Pueblo.
0: Yeah, he broke in, and, uh, you know, he kind of had, had two or three guys kind of hanging around him, and it just seemed like the, the Stang players just weren't really, didn't think he was a threat and didn't really make any any moves at him, and he ended up taking a shot on net, and shots on net get you paid, and that's exactly what he did, and uh, I think then, uh, you know, the, the Stang players maybe would have saw that they, you know, it's time to buckle down.
1: Yeah, I believe that's exactly kind of what they need to do, and then just over a minute later, the refs missed a call, pretty much a, to me, it looked kind of blatant, high-stick call on... Uh, one of our players, but regardless the play moves on and adding insult to injury, the Stanks make a brutal, brutal giveaway at the blue line and Pueblo makes them pay to nothing Pueblo on a goal by Rocco Testabassi, the 18 year old out of Ottawa, Ontario.
0: Yeah. And I think this is one that, um, you know, when the coaches are looking at the video later, obviously they probably already have, um, they're gonna, they might question one of the players. I'm not sure exactly who it was, but they, they kind of did a change. I almost look like they skated by the puck to go on the change, um, you know, I, I get I get players get tired, and I'm not begging on them for that. But you know, this is the playoffs. It's not even the playoffs. This is the the tournament, basically a round robin tournament where you've got two, maybe three games to to really push for it. So you've got to dig down and really. You know, make make you know, make sure you're you're 100% on the ice all the time, no matter how tired you are.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and quick shout out there to test the Bosses. I believe he turns 19 tomorrow on March 11th, because I think that's what the elite prospects said. Moving on in the game, our boy Troja coming in with some huge saves with just two and a half minutes left in a second to keep the game at two nothing. And less than a minute later, he comes up with some more big saves after they give the puck away behind the net. Yeah, and I think Troja, you know,
0: like I said, the the first couple goals weren't super great, and I think this was just him bailing out his team and, uh, you know, hoping that his team is going to respond to what he's doing.
1: Yeah, and hopefully they respond, because we move into the second period, and less than a minute into the second, Ogden comes out on fire, and an excellent lead pass from Schmakov to Washko sets up 19-year-old from Western New York, Daniel Falzer, who gets one pass, Wakelin, 2-1. to one.
0: Yeah, and like you said, that was just a beauty pass, um, you know, from down low, a little bit higher of the slot made the goalie stretch out and, you know, left the five hole wide open for a, a beauty shot to bury it to get the get some momentum back.
1: Yeah, and then kind of a weird play happens. So Ogden attempts to clear the zone and believes they have, and a weird bound, wing of the stick, whatever, leaves several bowls in Ogden's zone and really sets up an easy breakaway for Lone and the twenty year old out of Madison, Wisconsin puts Pueblo up three to one.
0: Yeah, and, you know, we, we've talked about this, and, you know, with hockey hockey TV, it's hard to really, you can't really freeze frame or anything or kind of move slowly through. Um, but I, I I watched this probably five or six times, just pausing it every time. It's so hard to call it. It's one of those ones where it's on the line. And, you know, a, a, as much as I'm a coach and I do sometimes get on on refs, there are human, human error happens every day in life to all of us. Um, so it, it's one of those things where I get you know, the Stangs thought, or maybe it was—I'm not—I don't know again. So they thought it was offside. It kind of seemed like they stopped playing, and um, you know, the Bulls just made them pay for it. And it's just one of those things where, you know, I always tell my players, don't anticipate a call. You keep playing until the whistle actually blows because if something's missed, you look bad, and that's exactly what happened here. They just kind of looked like they had just stopped playing, and, and the Bulls took advantage of it.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of where the second period ended, three to one. Moving on into the third period, Ogden secures a power play, but no luck as Pueblo comes in shorthanded and puts one past Troja alone yet again, getting a second of the game and putting Pueblo up four to one.
0: Yeah, and this is just uh, it's just one of those backbreakers, right? I mean, you've, you're fighting and fighting and fighting to get back in the game. Um, you know, we had some 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 bounces, some chances, and this is kind of a kind of a bit of a backbreaker.
1: Yeah, and and both goalies played excellent, but Wakeland basically was the winning goalie in this one. Is that's kind of where the score ends, 4-1 to for Pueblo, and that's it. That's the final score with Troja stopping 29 of 33 and Wakeland stopping 30 of 31. Now you move on to Utah versus the Northern Colorado Eagles. In net, you've got Colin Soderholm for Utah, the 19-year-old out of Montecilla, Minnesota, and northern Colorado starting all at no surprise there. The 18-year-old out of Montremblant, Quebec, and nothing happened in the first period. <laughs> I will just say that. It was a scoreless first period. Good hockey, but... Nothing of note. So you move into the second period. Utah breaks into the zone in what can only be described as a defensive breakdown. The Eagles lost track of the 19-year-old from Evanston, Illinois, Brett Morick, and he buries one past through cell, one nothing, Utah. And I know, Sebastian, you didn't get the chance to see this game because the second this game ended, it's disappeared from hockey TV.
0: Yeah, Hockey TV pulled a quick one on us, and I <laughs> noticed this one before. Um, you know, I texted you and said, hey, is the game still on? I can't find it. He said, no, it just ended. So I'm like, okay, perfect. I'll watch the highlights. Gone. So if anyone on my Hockey TV is <laughs> listening, can you just tell me whatever magic trick you did? I'm impressed. Just put it back now.
1: Yeah, it's fortunately, I watched the game, so I'm was able to. i able to talk about it here. But you won't get any feedback here from Sebastian on these goals. But that's kind of what happened. This is what happened here is, like, if you've ever seen that famous play from the Buffalo Sabres where all the players are following one guy in on the puck. Yeah. Yeah. That's literally what it looked like Northern Colorado <laughs> did here. They all followed the guy with the puck and dude, Morick just kind of skated in like just chill. And he just, he made him pay. Uh, but that was it for the second period. The game was fun. The game was chippy. And that was us in the third period. Soderholm comes out to play the puck and it did not go his way as a 20 year old out of Windsor, Colorado. Brian Lochner uses his body to keep the puck in and impatiently puts it through the sliding Utah player around the desperate goalie, who's too far out of net and into the net and ties this one up for Northern Colorado. And I'm going to say that was a heartbreaker, really a heartbreaker for Utah. And I, I felt for Soderholm there, man, because he came out, I think that late in the game, in my opinion, I'm not playing in this game. And he's a better goalie than probably I ever was. I'm in the net in a play like this. I wish you could see it. Hopefully it comes back up and you can not see it. I would have stayed in the net. Of course, I'm in a stay-at-home goalie. I don't I don't leave the net unless I absolutely have to, which my coaches didn't necessarily like. But I'm like, nope. Uh, the, the other five guys on my team can skate faster to get the puck if they want it. My job is to protect the net. But again, that's probably why I didn't go far at all. But yeah, this was a heartbreaker because Soderholm was playing a really good game. Utah was playing an excellent game. And man, to have the game tied up with, like, I think it was only six minutes left in the game on a goal like that was just, that hurt. It gets worse, though. So just under two minutes remaining, the outliers take a very, very ill-time penalty. And a 19-year-old from, what's that town in Quebec? Longueil? No, Long guy, okay. So the uh, 19 from Long Guy, Quebec, puts it in for Noco with 1:07 remaining on the clock. That power play goal, man, with a minute left, that that's a killer, man. <laughs> Noco goes up two to one on Utah. It was, I tell you what, man, Utah wrote this one away for themselves. This game could, Utah was in control, they really were, and they gave this. I think they gave this one away because I. I can't say they outplayed Noko. I think these teams played each other pretty strongly. Soderholm stopped twenty one to twenty three, Roussel stopped twenty six twenty seven. But to give the game away so close to the end like that, if they're playing such a competitive game, that's a that's that's a little bit of a th- that hurts. If, if you're Utah, that really hurts. Uh, I will say then with the less than a second remaining Braden Freifogel, the 17 year old from Wyoming, Ontario, put in the empty netter to make the game three to one. But that was it. This game ended at three to one. Didn't really expect that with the way this game was going. It was a really tight contest and. It happens. I mean, that's why you play the game. I've let in worse. I've let in way worse. <laughs> I've let in shots that weren't even shots. Okay, it's that bad. You know, go to go to grab a puck against the boards and you deflect it towards the net. I've done that. So it's 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 unfortunate, but uh, regardless, great game by both goalies. And honestly, fun day of uh, Mountain Division hockey to start.
0: Yeah, and like you said, you know, with the goals being that tight, I didn't get to see about but with the goals, you know, being that tight and that late in the game, it's you got to hope those kids can bounce back as a coaching staff because you know you don't get much of a chance to they're back at it tomorrow, I think, right? So, yep. um, you know, you can't you can't dwell on that for very long. You've got to really get it to, like they say, feed the machine. You know, take the bad, make it good.
1: Yeah. So for anyone listening, tomorrow's games will be, I believe, Utah. And Pueblo at 9 a.m. And Ogden in northern Colorado at 2.30. And these are local times. So Colorado time, mountain standard time. So give them a watch on MyHockeyTV. Let us know what you think. Show some support to the boys. Let's see uh, as the Mountain Division keeps going, who's going to be the team that advances off to Virginia. Any points you want to go with before we wrap up this podcast?
0: I'm just going to agree with your dog. Yeah, I mean I think the only thing I really want to say is just, you know, uh, you know, if, if you get a chance to watch the games tomorrow, I say I'd absolutely do it. You know, I got to catch a little bit of it on my lunch uh during work today and uh it's great hockey and you know, I hope the Stangs can bounce back and uh and get some points um and and hopefully make the march over to uh to a national championship. Uh so good luck to to Nick and the boys, but uh you know, uh, we're all we're all hoping for we're all cheering for you here on Pigeonhole podcast so uh absolutely. let's let's uh, let's get a W.
1: Come on, Stangs. Let's do this. Uh, Thanks again, everyone. This is Chris and Sebastian at Pigeon Hockey.
0: Have a great day.
1: And we'll catch you next time.